Thank you for listening to The Lido. We bring you commentary and analysis every weekday at 4pm. Subscribe to make sure you get it on time. And you can rate us too. From the Evening Standard in London, this is The Lido. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Transport for London has stripped Uber of its licence to operate in the city. Uber has become a way of life for millions of Londoners. This is how people get about town, how they get their children about town. And I don't think this decision uh, quite tallies with that. Our City Hall editor Ross Lydell on what that means and what happens next, as the standard calls for the service to stay on the road. Also... Theresa May appears to be the Tories' secret weapon. She's been there twice. She's now a celebrity. Who knew that? Julian Glover and Aisha Hazarika on how the parties are fighting for your vote as the deadline to register looms. And... To the rest of you luxuriating in this magnificent Frank Matcham auditorium, thanks for listening to an old boy. Sir Ian McKellen scooped one of the Evening Standard Theatre Awards' top prizes last night. Who else won... And what was the backstage gossip? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, why we think Uber should keep its licence to drive in London. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. As the Christmas party season approaches, it's easy to forget there was once, not so long ago, a world without Uber. When thousands would jam the phone lines for a minicab at closing time or concede a hefty chunk of their bank account to flag down a late-night taxi, if they could find one. Uber's ride-hailing app changed all that, but for the second time in two years, Transport for London's taken away its licence to operate over passenger safety fears. Uber says it will appeal and its cars remain on the road for now. Our editorial column hopes they'll stay there. TfL is playing tough. It has found that Uber's app isn't secure and that systems have allowed unauthorised drivers to upload their photos to accounts that were not theirs which means it says that on at least 14,000 trips, people were not insured and the driver was not the person they thought they had booked. The company says the decision is extraordinary and wrong. It will appeal, which means the service will keep running as Christmas approaches. It has been here before and survived. 
and Uber says that it has fundamentally changed our business over the last two years and are setting the standard on safety. TfL concedes that's true. Its action, it argues, is a very clear shot across the bows rather than a fatal aim intended to take out the service for good. Let's hope that's right. London needs to be a city that welcomes innovation and new technology, not one that drives it away. Our City Hall editor, Ross Lydell, has been covering this story. Ross, what's gone wrong for Uber here? Well, what has gone wrong is largely the system has become so big and complex and that people, or certainly drivers, some drivers, I think it's important to say, have worked out how to manipulate the app to do some rather potentially naughty, illegal and dangerous things. Is it a big problem? If we look at the numbers, there are about 3.5 million Londoners use Uber. There are about 45,000 Uber drivers. TfL said today that it was aware of about 14,000 problem journeys where that driver may not have been the person on the app, as in they may have changed their picture with a a colleague. So 14,000 is quite a sizable number. There's about 43 drivers thought to have been involved in this scam, shall we call it. Each one of those instances does have the potential to be a very serious incident in itself. So TfL is getting really tough then, aren't they? Yes. I think it's fair to say it's taking its regulatory responsibilities very seriously. It's not a political decision. They're very keen to emphasise that. And they're saying that Sadiq Khan, even though he is the chair of Transport for London, was not personally involved in this decision. This is entirely due to the regulations that TfL has to uphold that it's made this decision today. Will we be able to get Ubers for our Christmas parties, which is probably the most important question that people are thinking right now? Well, exactly, because probably a lot of people will be reading this story, hearing about it and thinking, how do I get my teenager home? How do I get myself home after the office Christmas party? The good news in that sense is that things will continue as normal until and up until the court hearing, which is probably likely to be next summer and so on. When TfL first withdrew Uber's licence, it took about eight months to come to Magistrates Court and they are allowed to continue operating legally until any appeal is heard. So this has become quite a long saga between TfL and Uber. Is there a likelihood of Uber being kicked out of London? I think the likelihood of Uber being kicked out of London is very small. Uber has become a way of life for millions of Londoners. This is how people get about town, how they get their children about town. And I don't think this decision uh, quite tallies with that. And I think that's possibly why Sadiq Khan might find himself open to criticism here as well. That he's not essentially keeping tabs with the reality of day-to-day life for so many people. Because in the end, he has to balance up the level of risk. And while there might be a, a small risk of something going wrong in an Uber cab, the risk to people who are not able to get an Uber might be higher. For example, are you more at risk if you can't get a cab home late at night and you then have to get a night bus or walk from a bus stop or miss the last tube home? Next, the postal boats are going out now. So in some constituencies, when I was in uh, talking to activists at the end of last week, they think 20% of the votes will be cast by the end of the week. Julian Glover and Aisha Hazarika assess which party's the most effective at luring voters as the deadline to register approaches.
The manifestos are out, so are the candidates, pounding the streets, knocking doors, hitting phones, all to persuade people to vote for them. Margins in some areas are tight. Turnout is vital, and the standards urging everyone who can to register to vote. Before every general election, you can hear the same tired complaints. Politicians are all the same. Don't vote, it only encourages them. It's always nonsense, and particularly so this time. The country has never been offered such wildly different takes on its future. On spending, on Brexit, on the size of government, the manifestos are far apart. You might not like the main parties or their leaders, but the choice matters. So whatever else you do next month, we'd encourage you to vote. And to do that, you need to be on the electoral register. If you are not and you qualify, it is simple to do online. Or simply scan our QR code on page 8 in the standard. Make sure your voice is heard. Our associate editor Julian Glover is here, along with the Londoner's editor Ayesha Hazarika. And Julian, our editorial columns are arguing that this election, every one of those votes really does matter. Yes, if people want to have their voice heard, they need to vote. And to do that, they need to register. In London, 5.9 million people are on the register. Uh, The numbers dropped a bit after the 2017 election. There was an increase into that election, people falling off the register. You go online, you click, it takes five minutes, and then you get your chance to have a say. Aisha, in the Londoner today, you've looked at one particular constituency where the tightness of this election is, is, is really being exposed, haven't you? So in a seat like Finchley and Golders Green, it used to be Margaret Thatcher's seat, famously. It's held by a Conservative MP. The the Labour Party came very, very close at the last general election. So you would think in a seat like that, all the Liberal Democrats don't have a hope. Yet Luciana Berger, who is the, the new Liberal Democrat candidate, she's soaring ahead because that is a seat which is very, very Remain. And it's also got a high Jewish population who are very dismayed by the anti-Semitism allegations the Labour Party. So we've done a story today about how all three parties are really throwing the kitchen sink. Um, Theresa May appears to be the Tory's secret weapon. She's been there twice. She's now a celebrity who knew that. Um, uh, Laura Alvarez, who is Jeremy Corbyn's wife, she's been out there working on a street stall. She doesn't really get that involved. So that's quite a big statement that she's gone there. And of course, Luciana um, is really working that seat hard. And she's had some quite unusual support. So this weekend she had Alistair Campbell, who of course was famous New Labour spin doctor. He got expelled from the Labour Party for voting Lib Dems at the Euro elections and he's very much sticking to his guns about supporting Luciana. And she's also had Fergal Sharkey uh, rock up to help her. He's a local resident and they did some campaigning on Friday at the train station and apparently he's very good at campaigning. Julian, Alistair Campbell has been saying that he wants to promote tactical voting. Is that going to be a major feature of this election? We'll know afterwards. Uh, We'll say before it will and then we'll say, oh, it didn't quite work out. It will in one or two seats and that might be one of them. There are places where it's quite clear somebody could win and beat the party that lots of people don't like if everybody rallies behind the other side. By the way, just on these celebrity campaigners, I do feel sorry for the voters because it's really a care home for sort of former people in politics. The idea that and Fergal Ge- Sharkey. Well, he's he's probably rather, he's probably rather rather more popular. But the idea that the idea that Jeremy Corbyn's wife is going to make any difference at all, and literally anybody will recognise it. I was in Sheffield Hallam um, watching the Lib Dems for a piece I've written 
today for the paper and and they had all sorts of people they had joe swinson and i met one woman and local sheffield person and i said what do you think about joe swinson and she just said who's joe swinson and i felt a bit sorry for her at that point as she was besieged by lib dems trying to persuade her otherwise they had dick newby a former party chair i think and and they were saying he's coming canvassing and you thought the people of sheffield are not well, going to know things got so bad for the people at canterbury that i was billed as a celebrity but you are you are so that is how bad things got we're expecting you in the jungle very soon <laughs> Aisha, we may have you dropped in. I interviewed Alison Campbell a long, long time ago, way back in 97 when the Labour Party was coming up. And they, of course, were using lots of celebrities. And he, I said, why are you using all these celebrities? And he said, oh, it just adds that little bit of sparkle. It gets people interested. Do you think it does, Aisha? It's a huge part of political campaigning. I mean, certainly when you get to the point of an election... Remember, as a strategist, you have a very big grid to fill and it's weekends as well. So you're looking for things that will get cut through. And unfortunately, it is a bit cheesy, but somebody who's a bit of a name can help you. I remember a great story with Alice Campbell when I was working on the 2005 election campaign, the last campaign that Labour ever won, I have to say. Um, I was sent to Manchester with a group of people to try and um, you know, organise a big event. And we were really desperate. We couldn't find any celebrities. And we were staying in this hotel. We saw Jerry Springer. So we raced up to Jerry Springer and said, will you come and do a rally for us? And he was like, oh my God, that would be amazing. So we were like, yes, we got it. And then we did this big conference call every night with Alistair Campbell and the great and the good from number 10. And me and my colleague were so excited. We were like, we've got the best guest ever. We've got Jerry Springer. And the phone went really quiet. And Alistair went, that is a terrible idea, Aisha. We will not be having Jerry Springer with Tony Blair, if you don't mind. And like, that's, that's, why, the... that's why Alistair Campbell was good at his job in those days. <laughs> Uh, Julian, has a celebrity ever made a difference to you or anybody else? No, I think the thing that's going to make a difference in the next two or three weeks, certainly I don't know celebrities, I'm terrible at uh, who anybody is, I hardly ever turn on the television, but no, the thing that's going to make a difference in the next two or three weeks is really pragmatic, on-the-ground stuff, the kind of thing Aisha and her friends know very well how to do, knocking on doors, saying, are you going to vote for us, might you vote for us, and then you get out an iPhone app and each party's got them, I saw... Sam Geemer, Sam Geemer with the Lib Dems had a very smart iPhone app in Kensington when I followed them around uh, for, for the piece I've done uh, this week. And you click on it and you put down how likely it is and it's uploaded automatically to a computer central database. And then they'll come and knock on your door on polling day and say, come out and vote. And in a lot of tight seats, if you've just got enough activists just to get drag out into the rain and snow on a dark night, the last hours of that campaign, you might get the 40 or 50 extra voters that make a difference. The brightest stars of the London stage gathered to celebrate the 65th Evening Standard Theatre Awards with prizes given out to stars like Best Actress Dame Maggie Smith. I was so thrilled to actually be back on the stage again. It was a terrific feeling and I do thank the Evening Standard for, for giving me this award. And Best Actor Andrew Scott. Feels fantastic. We had an amazing time. Uh, it's lovely. It's lovely to, lovely to be here and celebrate that, yeah. It was a very big night hosted by Koosh Jumbo from The Good Fight at the Coliseum and our digital arts editor Jesse Thompson was there for all of it. Jesse, how was it? It was a brilliant night. We had over 600 of London's drama students there and they just brought some incredible energy. And Koosh Jumbo was a host? Yes. Please welcome someone who has played a Power Ranger, a princess and is soon to be one of Charlie's brand new angels. It's Naomi Scott! She was good, wasn't she? She was brilliant. She just absolutely nailed it. She came out and performed with the Brit School dancers um, and all singing, all dancing number. And then 
just just kept giving amazing bants all night. She was hilarious. Some really big names up there on the stage. Who were the big winners? What were the big categories? The top acting prizes went to Andrew Scott and Maggie Smith. So Andrew Scott did a really moving speech about um, his production of Present Laughter by Noel Coward. They changed the genders to bring out um, a same-sex relationship to the forefront. So he was saying how they were able to liberate the play and say what Noel Coward would have wanted. Noel Coward himself I think sometimes he's uh, accused of being a sort of dusty old playwright, but what he smuggles through comedy, sometimes we we don't see this in comedy, he smuggles in uh, really modern ideas about sexuality and gender, and uh, he sort of says that it's okay to live uh, a life life, uh, that's less ordinary. And Sir Ian McCowan got the Editor's Award as well, didn't he? Yes. I'm sure he's been to a few Evening Standard Awards. He has, yeah. Um, He was given this special award for his on-stage tour. So for his 80th birthday, he did a tour of the country. He went to 80 venues and now he's doing it in the West End. And lots of new careers just starting out and one of the things the Standard Awards is really great is it's bringing out or highlighting those people as well, isn't it? Jasmine Lee Jones, who won our Charles Winter Award for Most Promising Playwright, her play Seven Methods of Killing Kylie Jenner is incredible, one of the most exciting new plays I've ever seen. She put the internet on stage. There were memes on stage and um, she said she thinks that plays should be dangerous, which I thought was a really interesting comment at a time, you know, when people can be quite sensitive. And Laurie Kiniston um, from The Sun, he won our Emerging Talent Award. He played a teenager with depression, which was an incredible performance. It transferred to the West End and he's going to be massive, I think. Next year he's in the big screen adaptation of Catelyn Moran's first novel with Beanie Feldstein from Booksmart. So I think that'll be a popular one. And that's the leader. Subscribe through your podcast provider and rate us too. We also have a daily morning news bulletin sent to smart speakers at 7am. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. We're back tomorrow. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.